Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, would you guys stand to your feet as we read some scripture this morning? Our locating scripture this morning comes from Matthew 6.34, and this is what it says, right? It says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is, this is good news. Don't worry about the things that haven't happened yet. Live in the moment and leave your worries for tomorrow. Lord, would you do what only you can do this morning, Father? I can study and I can pray, Lord, but until you move here, Lord, it means nothing. Everything I say means nothing, Father. So, Lord, we ask this morning that you would give us exactly what we need to hear today, Father. You have something different for each and every person in this room, Father, and online, Lord. So, Lord, we ask you would speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Hey, on your way down to your seat, would you tell the person next to you my sermon title? It's What About the Now? What about the now? Grab a seat. Tell your friend, what about the now? What about the now? Cool. What about the now? Welcome back, Realms. <laughs> so good. Yeah, what about the now? What about the now? Hey, just a huge welcome for a moment to all of our newcomers and visitors this morning. It's great to have you guys here. I know there's a lot of new faces, especially being the start of the year. So it's awesome to have you here. Make sure you stick around and catch up with us afterwards. We'd love to meet you. Also, this week we kicked off groups as well. There's a bunch of community groups running and connect groups, whatever you call them, life groups. That's all, all running at the moment. So if you haven't joined one of those, make sure you head to the info bar and catch up with Amanda after the service and she'll take you through what's available. The other cool thing we're doing at the moment is the Bible Project 345 plan. Can I have a round of, round of arms for anyone who's, who's in the plan at the moment? That's good. That's good. I have been loving the conversation through this plan. This is through the Version Bible app. So it's a really great way that we're reading the New Testament in three minutes and 45 seconds a day. As an average, some are longer, some are shorter. But we're reading the New Testament together as a church. So make sure if you haven't signed up for that yet, jump on and sign up for it on the Version app. If you need the link for it, let us know. It's going to be huge as well. And I'm just loving the amount of conversation through it because you read through your portion for the day and then everyone has the opportunity to start commenting on it together and you kind of see everyone's comments. So it's been a really cool way to connect and just get everyone's thoughts around the passages that we're reading. So if you're not signed up to that, then you are missing out. So make sure you get on it. But man, I'm so excited to preach first Sunday of the year. So good. Who's ready for some old school Bible teaching this morning? Some old school Bible stuff. Man, the other thing, the other thing I'm excited about is the MXU75 challenge. Could I have an arms up for who's doing this challenge? One, two, three, four, there's a few of us here, and a few of our members who've moved on to Perth as well are doing it with us. I think we've got about 11 or 12 people in the group. This is really, really cool. What this is, is it's a habit-stacking health plan called the MXU75, which is a 75-day challenge. Um, we're at day 12 today, and the, the principle of it is that every five days, you make a small shift. Every five days, you stack another habit on top of it to shift things. So where we're up to right now, we've just hit three meals per day with no snacking, and that's hard at least one and a half litres of water a day, 20 minutes of walking per day, six hours of sleep, reading for 15 minutes and praying for 15 minutes a day, collective together, no caffeine after 2 p.m. And then there's also the level up plan on that as well. The level up plan is, is there's a few things in there, but one of the main things is doing at least 10,000 steps a day. So I've got my little Fitbit going now. I've got doing 10,000 steps a day, which is huge, right? And uh, it was hilarious because yesterday I got to the point where I was like, it was like 3 p.m. in the afternoon and I was like, oh man, I'm at like 1,500 steps. I've got to get to 10,000 by the end of tonight. This is hectic. What am I going to do? I've got no time today. So I kid you not, I paced around the house. Like I made like this massive circle and I was like pacing around the entire house from room to room for about an hour and a half. 
I was just going and going and going and I was just wandering and I was walking and I was walking and it was hilarious because the kids were sleeping when I started it and then they woke up and they're sitting on the bed with Jackie and they're just looking at me going, what are you doing? Like every time I just come past again in another circle and they'd be like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, they just started to look at me weird and eventually they started to play follow the leader and then, then there's three of us like tramping around the house going like this. It was absolutely gold. It was hilarious. But I just, I kept walking in circles around the house and two things started to happen, right? I promise I'm not just telling you this because I can. This is actually relevant to the message. But I kept walking around in circles and I noticed two things started to happen. So the first thing is I started to get more and more annoyed with things that I saw around the house that I hadn't done. That was the first thing that happened because I kept seeing it on my circles, right? I'm going around and seeing it time and time again. I reckon, man, I, I think I was doing about 100 steps per lap, 100, 150 steps at most, right? So you can imagine if I was at 1,500 and had to get to 10,000, I was doing a lot of laps, man. <laughs> and I saw things so many times and I kept looking at it going, oh, man, I still haven't fixed that. I haven't done this. I've got this project I need to finish. And it started to drive me crazy. And I think when you get to that point, you start to, it starts to drive you crazy enough that you actually want to do something about it, right? Anyone else feel that? The second thing that happened, <laughs> yeah, amen, Jackie's like, yes, come on, fix all the stuff, <laughs> fix the stuff. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, you guys are, yeah, okay, I've got to watch you too. <laughs> I kept, the, other, the second thing, right, the second thing is I kept looking at my Fitbit and checking how far I'd come. I kept reaching the same positional point in the house, but it felt different. Every time I got back there, it felt different because I'd accomplished more steps. I started to feel more and more tired. And the physical position might have been the same, but internally I was in a different position, right? Everybody say, what about the now? What about the now? Man, the older I get, the more I realize how caught up in the past I am and how caught up in the future I am. That is something that I'm, I'm learning. The older I get, the more I'm realizing that, right? MXU75 for me is about my here and now. It's about me improving who I am right now in the moment. It's every year I, I kind of come up on this point and I'm like, man, I'm going to get fit this year. I'm going to get fit. And I get like halfway through the year and I'm like, well, that didn't work. No point in starting now. But this is really about me starting now. It's making a statement to myself that I'm not happy with where I'm at now and that one day at a time I want to shift myself into someone more like Jesus. That's, that's my goal through this, right? Tomorrow has its own troubles. I'm thinking about today in my here and my now. But what about as a collective of people? What about the people of C3 Port Hedland? What about us? How do we live in the now? How do we do that? Well, our mission here at C3 is that we're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. That's our goal. We want to be a move of God in our community, in our church, for each other, for our people. That's our, our mission, to be a move of God. And that's not just us. That's not just the pastors or the leaders of the church. That's everyone. That's all of us. We're all working towards being a move of God in our community, right? It's not just about the leadership. It's about every single person in the body of Christ. But what does that move of God actually lead to? Where, where does that go? Well, we're pointing our move of God towards the vision of seeing a thousand worshippers by 2032. That's where we're pointing. We set this vision 12 months ago. It's a 10-year vision. And our goal is to get to a thousand worshippers by 2032. And it's funny because some people... Some people get a bit freaked out by the word worshippers, right? They kind of think that's a bit scary and spiritual and all of that. And I, I totally appreciate that. But really, all it means is just to be a devoted follower of Jesus, to give honor to God. That's all it comes back to. It's living and breathing is teaching because we know that it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference and it's going to make us the best possible version of ourselves that we can be. It's who God intends us to be. That's where we're heading. And the thing is, you actually, you actually worship plenty of things. It could be money. It could be food, 
It could be a husband or wife. It could be a job. It could be some of your possessions. Worship is actually more normalized than we realize. It's just that the word sounds a little fancy. So the question is, how do we be the best worshipers of Jesus that we can be? How do we actually do that? And how do we deal with this paradox of the past, the present, and the future and living in the now through that? How do we focus on our now as the tribe of C3 Port Hedland, where we are in this moment of time? Well, I was studying this and I was wondering kind of who else had a, had a similar attention in the Bible to, to this moment that we're, we're kind of sharing, this collective moment that we're going through. And I couldn't help but think of the story of Moses and the Israelites in Exodus. About, now, this, this happened about three and a half thousand years ago. And they were also stuck in their past and future, I believe. They weren't thinking about their now either as much as they needed to be. So we're going to look at the book of Exodus today. And in Exodus, Moses, this regular old dude, he was pretty old by this point. He was actually on the run for killing someone. He'd been called by God to take the Israelites from slavery to the promised land. And the Israelites had been slaves for hundreds of years by this point. So God spoke to him through a burning bush. Now, even if you haven't been in church before, you've probably heard a bit of this story somewhere. You know, the burning bush in the Bible. This is that moment. So God spoke to Moses through this burning bush and told him that he was to lead them out of slavery. And Moses wrestles with God with this from the start, right? So we're going to look here at Exodus 3, 7 from the NLT version. This is what it says in verse 7. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. And yes, I'm aware of their suffering. And I think God's aware of the suffering of the people in the Pilbara as well. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, Jebusites, Hedlandites, okay, I made that last one up, now live. Look. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel, out of Egypt, sorry, out of Egypt. But how does Moses react to this call on his life? This is what happens. Verse 11. But Moses protested to God. He protested. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Isn't that interesting? Because that kind of says that Moses is stuck in his past. He's thinking about the past going, I'm not worthy of this. I can't, I can't do this. I'm on the run from killing a man. I can't, I can't be a servant of God in this. Is that you? Are you not doing what God's called you to do in the now because you're running from something in your past? Or maybe you're fixated on that going, that disqualifies me from what God's calling me to do. It doesn't. God wouldn't have called you. You might be going, I've sinned too many times, man. My track record, it's just, it's not great. I'm, I'm running from something. Friend, Jesus is with you. That's the best part about this is Jesus is here to forgive sins. Verse 13, but Moses protested again. He protested again, right? If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? And then what should I tell them? See, now he's worrying about the future. He's going, what are they going to think of me? They're not going to believe me. And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Verse 14, this is, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. 
I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And they argue back and forth. Moses and God have this wrestling argument that goes on for over a chapter in the Bible. It it just goes back and forth. And he's kind of wrestling with this concept of what he needs to do for God. And the argument continues all the way into Exodus 4, which is where we're going to pick it up again. Verse 1 says, But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. And I imagine the Lord's getting pretty angry by this point. He's like, dude, I've told you so many times. Why don't you just go do this? Anyone have that issue with their kids? Man. Yeah, man. That's it. That's it. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back and then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned back it turned back into a staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, and then they will believe that the Lord, the God of the ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has really appeared to you. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. Verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if, you don't believe, if, if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. My first point today is don't wait for it. Be it. We're not waiting for a move of God. We are a move of God. That's what we're here to be. That's what we're here to do. And God moves in waves. And I believe there is a wave coming for C3 Port Hedland. There is a wave on the way this year. And the deal is we have to be prepared to ride the wave. As people, not just as a church, but individually, we've got to be in a position where our hearts are ready to ride this wave. If we're not ready to ride it, we're going to miss it. And we're going to be paddling at the back going, man, we missed that one. We're going to have to wait for the next one. And I don't want that to be you. I don't want it to be me. And I don't want it to be us. We need to be ready to ride this wave that God is moving through the Pilbara. And it's going to be incredible. Don't get left behind. But God is calling you and I to be his hands and feet. And he's going to add the supernatural to that, just like he did for Moses. Because a thousand worshippers in this church, I don't know if you see the size of the building, but it doesn't really work, does it? Think about that in your head. How does it actually functionally work here? It doesn't, does it? But I believe that God's got other plans for that. I don't know what that is yet. Man, it could be a new building. It could be an online. It could be that we do 10 services. Who knows? I don't know what God has in mind for that, but I know that God's going to bring it and it's going to happen in his time. It's going to happen in time, supernaturally. We just got to trust him. We've got to live in the now. He'll give you the tools. You just need to worry about doing his work now. It's so much easier to steer a car once it's actually moving. You can't turn a car on the spot very easily. It just doesn't work, does it? Anyone tried to drive a car without power steering these days? Man, that tests your arms, doesn't it? Maybe I should be doing that as part of my challenge. That's full on. But um, you, can't, you can't really move a car very well if it's stuck in one spot, even if you turn the wheel. But if the car has already got momentum and it's moving, you can steer it, right? If we're already moving, it doesn't matter if we're moving in the wrong direction. God can direct our course. 
He can realign us and he can spin us around so that we're pointing towards his vision. So if you're stagnant and you're in one place and you're going, I'm stuck right now and I don't want to move until God gives me a word, start moving. Start moving because if you start to move and get some momentum, he's going to steer you. If you truly align with him and you seek him, he will steer you. He will steer you. He will realign you. As long as we're listening to the GPS, which is God's positioning system, he's going to realign you. Eventually, right? So going back to the text, eventually, through many miracles, Moses was able to lead the people out of slavery into the wilderness. And they got into the wilderness. And at first they were happy. They were singing about how God had brought them out of slavery. So this was happening for a while. And then, and then, and then they started to complain. They had seen all these crazy miracles, but yet they still got to that place where they started to complain. They started to complain about lots of problems they were having and Moses had to deal with them. So there was this moment, and I love this moment, right? This is Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, who actually came to visit and he gave Moses some really wise advice. This is in Exodus 18. So we're fast-forwarding and zooming back in on that. Verse 13, Exodus 18, verse 13 says, The next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? And Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father exclaimed. His father-in-law, he exclaimed, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is a heavy burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me. Let me give you a word of advice. And I love this passage. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give, him, and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all of the people some capable, honest men who will fear God and hate bribes. So they're going to stay on track. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. He's appointing people under him, right? They should always be available to solve people's common disputes. But have them bring major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matter themselves. They will help you to carry the load and they'll make the task easier for you. If you follow this advice and God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of the groups, 1,150 and 10. And then these men were always available to solve common problems and disputes, and they brought major cases to Moses, but they took care of smaller matters themselves. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who then returned to his own land. My second point is let's all do our part now. Let's do our part now. What a great leadership model that is for Moses, right? For Moses' father-in-law, actually. What a great leadership model. Because as pastors, you know, we, for us, we can't always be there all the time. We can't be there for everyone as much as we would love to and our heart is there wanting to, but we can't do everything just like Moses. And that's why I'm so thankful that we have some incredible key leaders in this church. We have an amazing team here who really are there to help support. You guys are phenomenal, all the key leaders that are in this room. Can we just have a round of applause for our key leaders? Anyone that leads a team or area, you guys are amazing. Truly, truly, we really value you guys. You guys are incredible. But that's the thing. 
there are more key leaders here who aren't activated yet. There are more people that are ready to step into this new space. There are people that are ready to go. And if that's you, if you're feeling that on your heart, come and see us, please. You've got to ask, where is God calling you to serve? It could be in a team. It could be leading a team. I don't know. Come and find us. We want to talk through that. Don't delay because we've got a vision to get towards. That's the thing. This is urgent. God is saying, activate now. He's saying it is now, the start of 2023. So I want to ask you, what's your next step in that? Is God calling you to host a connect group? It could just be that. It could be host a connect group and lead the people in the group. It could be to become a prayer warrior on the prayer team. We have an amazing prayer team. It could be to be in the band. Maybe you need to be in the band and leading people to a place of worship. Maybe that's where God is calling you. Maybe it's to welcome people as they arrive on a Sunday morning with a big smile. Welcome them into the house of God. Maybe it's to serve coffee for people. Maybe it's to serve in kids' church and teach things about God to the kids. The thing is, you get so much more out of serving in church than you do from just consuming. And I, I guarantee you, if you ask any volunteer in our church, they will say the same thing. You get so much more for yourself out of serving. And if you're not sure where you belong, if you want to serve somewhere but you're not sure where to go, have a chat to Elmer. Elmer, can you give us a wave up the back? Elmer's on the AV desk at the back there, doing the slides and stuff. But he is our amazing volunteers director. Please see him. He's got a spiritual gifts test. He can take you through a testing and that will show you where you can serve, where your area is to serve. Because I believe if we activate people in the correct areas, they're going to be on fire. And that's what it's about. It's not about making this a chore. That's not it at all. It's about putting you where you're passionate. It's about putting you where you're going to thrive, where you're going to love it. That's what it's about. So look, hey, how is God asking you to level up and express your worship in 2023? How are you going to express your worship outwardly to him? So the Israelites were out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness, right? So this is after Moses has led them all out. They're in the wilderness. They stayed there. Get this right. They stayed there for 40 years. Now, the Israelites, they actually walked in circles for 40 years. Elmer, show us the map. Show us map one, my friend. Check this out, right? This is the walk that they went on. And I think we've actually shown this once before. I think I spoke about it once previously. But what happened is they started up here in Ramesses, went down up to there. This is what scholars think is what they did. And you can see the circle of the wilderness there that they went around for 40 years. And then they finally got out. They went up to the Jordan River up there. Crazy, right? That took them 40 years. Now, you might say, that's a long journey. That's cool. I can understand how that took 40 years. Elmer, give us a second slide. This is the actual Google Maps distance. And you can't see it very well because I probably should have zoomed a bit more. But that's 600 kilometers. 628 kilometers. It's about the distance to Broome. Now, I know Broome is a far, long way away. But it doesn't take 40 years to walk to Broome. I've never tried it, admittedly. But I don't think it would take 40 years to walk to Broome, right? It's 127 hours of walking. And it equates to about 11 days. How long is that with the toddler? I'm not sure. 40 years. Yeah, fair. All right, Jackie wins. <laughs> That's great. 11 days. It would have taken 11 days to get there. 40 years is 14,600 days. 14,600 days. That's like 14,000, nearly 500 days wasted on this journey, isn't it? They could have done it 1,327 times. I did the math because I was like, I'm interested in this. That's crazy. And I wonder how many times before they realized they were circling past the same things again, just like I did when I was walking around the house. I was going, I've seen this before. This is starting to annoy me now. How long do you think it took them before they got to a point where they were circling the same thing? Like, oh, I swear I've seen that rock before. I know I've seen that. I'm, I'm going to mark that rock. I've seen that rock. And then they come back to it again and again 
and again, right? No wonder they were getting frustrated. No wonder there was all this quarreling and these issues. That makes so much sense to me. But the question is, why so long? Why were they wandering for so long? I believe, I believe that it's because God actually held them back. I believe God held them there in this time. Why? Because I don't think they were ready for what was ahead for them. I don't think they were living in there now enough to get themselves ready to move into what had prepared for them next. What did God have for them next? Here's the thing, right? God is holding us back from some things too. God is holding you back from things. God is holding me back from things. He's holding us as a church and as a collective back for things, right? Because we're not ready for them. We're not ready for them either. And I believe that in this moment, at the start of 2023, it's time for us to look upward and go, God, man, what do you need me to shift so that we can unlock this next level? What do you need me personally to shift so that as a collective, we can move into the next level? Is it my worship? Is it my serving? Is it something else? Is it financial? What is it? What do I, what do I need to shift? And that, I think we have to all think about that prayerfully. That's not something that anyone can answer for you except God. But we can make the most of our now by listening to him and learning the lessons that he wants us to learn so that we can unlock that next level, right? So that we as a collective can move into the next space. Man, you might, you might feel like every Sunday, you know, you come back here, you come back around another circle to church all over again. Like me, walking around the house, moving in circles, circling back every week. Or like the Israelites, walking in the same journey for 40 years, checking out the same rock. Hey, it's Fred again. It's my pet rock. God's calling you now. And it's going to be different to everyone. It's going to be really different to everyone. But to be a move of God, we need to be the best Jesus followers that we can be. And I'm not saying level up and do the MXQ challenge. That's not what I'm saying at all by this. What I'm saying is you need to ask God what he needs you to start doing because it's going to be different for all of us. Wes Hone from Kingdom Business. It's a podcast that I love listening to. But he said, the way you be really successful is to have a successful day in the now. If you have a successful day in the now, then what you do is replicate that, string a whole heap of successful days together, and you're at your goal. How can we be successful now? God's present in the now, the past, and the future. That's the other cool thing about this. He's not just present in the now. He's not just present in the past or the future. He's there through all of it. He's outside of time. So he's already looking after you in all of the spaces. You need not worry. How epic would it be to see a thousand worshippers here in this building? People on fire for God. How are we going to build that culture of being a move of God? I think that's going to be unlocked this year as we start to ride this wave. We're partners with God. We partner with him on this. It's not just us sitting back and watching him do this amazing work in Headland. Where his hands and his feet, just like Moses was. God probably could have done all that by himself, right? But he wouldn't have got the people to the place where they needed to be internally. And that's what he's doing with us. Our parts to believe what he says and do anything that he asks to cooperate with his plan. And man, maybe your next thing, maybe your next thing is simply just to accept God into your life. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe you've never made a conscious decision to say, hey, I'm ready to level up my life and I want to I wanna meet God. I want to hang out with Jesus every day. I want to get to know him. Maybe that's your next thing. You need to know that God desires a relationship with you. He already knows you and he created you. And he's so keen to get to know you on that level. He already knows you, but he wants you to know him. And today, I really want to pray for three kinds of people. I want to pray for the people who have never known Jesus. 
but you really want to start that relationship. I want to pray for those of you who knew Jesus and maybe you've gone away for a while. This is your chance to declare, I'm coming back. I'm making a steadfast movement and I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to know you, God. And then the third type of people I want to pray for is those who don't know they're actually going to heaven. If you're someone who maybe you've grown up in church or maybe you've just always been attending, but you've never actually made that commitment to go, I want to shift my life for Jesus and you don't know you're going to heaven, then this is going to be for you as well. So we're going to pray this together in a moment. And if you're one of these three people, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and raise your hand. And if that's you, I want you to make that bold acknowledgement. Everyone's eyes are going to be shut, so you don't have to worry about feeling embarrassed or any of that stuff. The idea is this is you and God making a declaration that you want to follow him from here on in. So hey, would you close your eyes with me now, church? And Bam, why don't you come back up? This is going to be a special moment between you and God. This is an incredible moment. And this really will be the biggest, most amazing decision that you will ever make in your life. It's such a special moment. So, hey, with every eye closed, would you just raise your hand now in this moment if you're someone who wants to make that decision? If you want to join this journey, if you want to come along and begin this relationship with God, would you raise your hand? Stick it up nice and high in the air. Nice and high. If that's you and you're someone who I've been thinking about this for a while, maybe you're feeling something beating inside your chest. If that's you, you could be online as well. If there's anyone online, you are more than welcome to put it in the chat. We have a team of chat hosts on there ready to comment and help you in this journey. That's awesome. So good. All right, church, we're going to say this prayer together. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world. I believe he died and rose again to forgive my sin and give me life. I receive your grace by faith. Come into my life. Make me new. I'll follow you. That's so good. Church, can we have a big round of applause for anyone that may have just prayed that for the first time? Because if that's you, then that is just an incredible step. We want to be there on the journey. So please make sure that you come and tell someone about that. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing from our channel. And share with a friend because you never know who you're going to bless. You can also catch us live every Sunday morning at 9.30am Australian Western Standard Time. We'd love to see you there.